Hello, and welcome to episode 50 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Clara B. to the Modern Manager community on Patreon. Clara, I hope that you are finding all the guides and bonuses useful. There is a ton of great stuff in there that has accumulated over the past year or so, so please check it out and take advantage of all the stuff that's there. Also, just a quick thank you to everyone who has left a review or rating on iTunes. I so appreciate your feedback, and a really big thank you to everyone who has reached out recently by email or LinkedIn to say how much you've been enjoying my book or the show. It is so good to know that the time I spend producing content is making a difference and that you are applying your learnings. Now, today's guest is Matt Packness. Matt is a senior management consultant focused on lessening bullying in the workplace. But before I go any further, I need to have a warning here because some of the conversation that we have may not be appropriate for younger audiences. So if you've got little ones around, I highly suggest that you save this episode for another time. Matt has six years of experience coaching college football, 10 years playing football, and five championship seasons. He was a former assistant coach at Penn State under Joe Paterno and has spoken publicly about being abused as a child. These experiences and others that Matt will talk about in the show have led him to dedicate over 25 years of consulting to help global clients embrace healthy management practices and thrive. Matt is also the author of Successful Leaders Aren't Bullies. Matt and I talk about what makes a person act like a bully, what bullying is, what to do if you are bullied or you observe someone being bullied, all this legal stuff which I had no idea about, and a lot more. The audio gets a little funky at times, so I apologize for that, but I hope that you'll still give us a listen because there's some really good stuff in here. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Matt. I am excited to talk with you about this topic because we've actually been planning this conversation for quite a while, so I'm glad we get to finally have it. Thank you for the opportunity. Looking forward to it. All right. So let's start with big picture. How do you define bullying in the workplace? Or in other words, what do you see as constituting that unhealthy company culture? Well, I think the way we distinguish it is that it's repetitive, intentional, just very uh, negative, derogatory conversations, uh, slanders, comments that really do nothing good or productive to elevate thought and conduct, which is the essence, uh, bottom line, of good leadership and healthy leadership, does just the opposite. And so uh, undermines motivation, undermines trust, which is the critical factor between two people in an organization. I think we talked a little bit earlier in preparing for the interview about motivation. The three things that really motivate a person on an individual level are sense of success, being able to control that success and feeling those as though the identity it reinforces your success reinforces who you are as a person and how you believe in yourself and see yourself in a very constructive way bullies do just the opposite of that they undermine that bullying is all about control and it's about the ego one plan i was working in i think we we did an, an analysis and uh bully was costing this one plant over a half million dollars a month 
just due to all the FMLA accidents, turnover, people quitting, which is related to turnover, just downtime, all related to his behavior. Then the other thing that I'm that I mentioned is motivation, the greatest force of motivation, according to Tom Peter, between two people is trust. And that's defined if I'm in a vulnerable position. I know this person or group equipment won't allow me to be hurt. Again, bullies do just the opposite. They actually, rather than on great teams and great organizations, they're known for protecting the most vulnerable. Bullies really undermine and exploit the most vulnerable. Again, for their own sick desires and needs. I'm a huge advocate of tough management, you know, high standards. That has to do with allowing people to succeed with the proper training and coaching and resources. That and bullying are not. Bullying is undermining. Bullying is all about the ego and individual needs of the person. A tough boss, you can see, is really doing those things to elevate the performance of others. Yeah, well, let's actually dig into that a little bit because there are definitely some behaviors where when you don't necessarily know the motivations behind them can feel like bullying or can feel like your boss is being overly hard on you. So what are some of those behaviors that kind of could go either way or where the motivations really matter? And how does a manager then display the right kind of motivation so that the person they're managing feels cared for, even though it might feel really tough or challenging or like they're being pushed? Yeah, I, I played for the toughest, probably one of the toughest coaches on the high school level, and he was an ex-Marine. And you knew, though, that he had your back. Uh, the standards were extremely high. I mean, and the, the work that we put in was extensive, but it led to a 33-0-0 record over our three years. I just happened to be the sole three-year starter. The big premise of this is based on, you know, my experiences and exposure to him at a young age. And then fortunately over the years, you know, a majority of the managers that I've been exposed to have been exceptional. Sure, I've, I've run into some major duds, notorious duds too, that we'll probably discuss later. But you knew that the overall request from that person made sense. More specifically, clear goals, that one understands roles that are agreed upon. People understand and appreciate and know why they're doing X, Y, Z. Processes that are agreed upon that functionally support the roles and goals, and then a constant assessment of the relationship and making sure that people are communicating on a respectful, co-equal, rather than a power and control, criticism, fear, parent-child dynamic. And then monitoring the commitment from the leaders, not from the people, but from the leaders, their commitment to their people to help them excel. And that then in turn can help us monitor the commitment or involvement and empowerment of each one of the employees involved. That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like something I often do with my team members, which is, you know, set high expectations, not unrealistic expectations. And when they're struggling, right, give them the right support so that they see that you're on their side, right? You're actually setting them up for success. You're not setting them up for failure. Exactly. The great concern here is that, you know, we set up systems assuming that 95% of the people are going to try to get over on it, right? So the kickback and the pushback here from manager's side is, oh, these people just don't want to work. They're calling me a bully. They don't want to work. Well, then let's quantify it. You know, I think a lot of organizations fear 
quantifying the behaviors of bullying because then they realize it's a fact, they can look at it, they can see the behavior and it can be, it can be called out. And so a lot of people just have very nebulous sort of, we treat people with respect. Well, what does that look like specifically and what doesn't it look like specifically? So people really know, okay, is my role clear? And again, one of the most common signs of a bullying organization if you go in and say, hey, where's the clear, well, we don't, where are the clear goals, roles, and processes? We don't really use those here because we have to be so flexible. Well, actually those things allow you to be flexible, but if you don't have them, they allow bullies to run rampant. So make sure those are clear. And do you find that it's more that organizations have a culture where bullying festers, or do you find that it's more individual leaders or individual managers who themselves are bullies or displaying bullying behavior, or or maybe it's in, both? In every organization, and I worked at Penn State with Sandusky and Paterno, and uh, I never saw anything. Tragically, uh, this is one of the reasons I do what I do. My mom was beaten when I was a child, and I uh, I heard it, and I was beaten also as a child, and I fended for myself, but I was mobilized and I couldn't, I was a, I was a young boy and I couldn't, I couldn't actually get out of bed to protect her. And so the same thing happened with the kids at Penn State. You know, I, it was so beyond my expectation. It clearly wasn't beyond my comprehension, but that kind of abuse, just like with the Nazis was so being, you know, I just read an article on the Nazis. They dutifully just walked into these showers because it was so beyond their expectation that they would be killed. The same thing there's like, you know, these kids are always around, he's touching them in a funny way. The guy's weirder than some of the most bizarre behaviors between him and Turner. But I just say, well, you know, they just won the national championship, they're sportsmen of the year, they're, you know, all this. There's no way that could be happening. But it, looking back, you add it up and I never saw anything clearly in front of my face, but it all added up and I really regret not knowing more. And, you know, I could have prevented 25 years of suffering. And I've actually apologized to a young boy who was nine and being uh, adopted by Sandusky and abused by him at that time. Not because I saw any abuse, but because I saw how bizarre the power dynamic was there. That motivated me to get an MBA and then really dedicate my, the last 25 years of my life to helping organizations thrive with real healthy leadership practices. And it's been a a tremendous ride around the world, but um, in every organization where there's abuse, officials know, everyone knows. And that's the one common trait in every abusive organization. They'll tell you that everyone knows. They either don't, just the bystander numbers are, you know, that there's, 5% 5% of the people in an organization will be perpetrators, 10% will be targets, and 85% will be bystanders. Now, the bystanders are basically enablers unless they know how to stop it or, or are given an avenue to stop it. And that's the issue. Most of them don't want it to continue. They just don't know how to make it stop. And when your bosses are advocating or complicit or colluding or compliant or uh, condoning, it, it makes it that much more difficult. So what do you do if you're noticing these kind of destructive behaviors? And if you're a manager, and I assume, I guess, that, you know, bullying can happen between colleagues. Does it have to be a power dynamic or can it also be within a team? You know, if I'm the manager and I notice that one person on my team is treating another person with disrespect, you know, does that happen as well? The the dynamic, one in uh, Demarest High School 
in Maryland. Uh, 15-year-old boys assaulted their peers on a football team with a broom. The same thing happened at Sayreville High School in New Jersey just a couple of years ago. These are, these are peers, but why are they doing that? Well, obviously, those players maybe threatened them in one way or another. They were searching to control. Athletics actually encourages people to use aggression and power to control. The issue then is that players and athletes are not then taught what's appropriate outside of the field or off the field. And they carry along, since that's encouraged on the field or on the mat or on the court, they continue the behavior off, off the court rather than being brought to their attention. That's, you know, that's not right. We don't do that. That's not the way, that's not normal human interaction. So getting back to the workplace, you, you can see people of the same peer group also isolating and much like seventh grade, but what's di the distinguishing feature in workplace and childhood going is that in the workplace, it's really about the threat to someone's competence. Whereas in schoolyard bullying or childhood bullying, usually the, the, the target is someone that just sticks out. They're either extremely talented, they don't look the same as everyone else, they don't act the same as everyone else in, in the workplace. And, and, and you could argue that, yeah, based underneath that is uh, just a fear that this person may have more talent or unique gift or unique skill threatens me. Whereas in the workplace, it's clearly about competence and people try to dwarf that. So they could be peers. It could be managers. It could be executives that, you know, feel threatened by this person and their, and their great skills. So what do you do? You know, the best case scenario in the large picture, that I've seen the best results is for people that bypass HR and everything, even local attorneys and authorities, because depending on the size of the company, someone knows somebody, they're all tied in, is going to the federal level, EEOC and the Human Rights Commissions to make these complaints. In most states, recording is legal. So that's for one party recording. All you need is one party of the two or many to consent to recording the issue or the discussion. So that means if you're being bullied and you're a target, you're the one person that's consenting to that recording and you can record the conversation. Then you can bring that to a labor attorney if you trust them, if they're recommended, or the EOC or the Human Rights Commission, and they'll refer you to a reputable attorney in the area. So what do you do if you're if you observe bullying happening? So I'm imagining situations where maybe you're the manager and you right. observe it as a dynamic on your team, or maybe you notice another manager on a different team who you sometimes have to collaborate or interact with on cross-functional projects. And you notice their behavior is is not, you know, with the best intentions. Yeah, and one organization that I work with is, uh, you know, I think when, when it's on your team, that's on you, right? Uh, a lot of bullying is actually harassment and discrimination, particularly for protect, protected classes. So what we call bullying, it could be considered illegal. It also can be considered assault and battery in the worst case scenarios. But, you know, most people are protected do qualify as a protected class one way or another. But the most important one is if you see it on your team and you're a manager, I mean, you could be legally liable for that behavior. So it's very important. I mean, not only for the legal reasons, but to, to do what's right and what's appropriate and what's humane for people is to interject and, you know, mediate and find out, you know, what the issue is, what's the root cause of the issue. Is. It usually comes down to one of those three things. 
we discussed is what people are not clear on the goal, or whose role it is, or what process they should be following out. And instead of putting it on the table, they don't have a proper way to discourse, dis communicate, or uh, dis discuss the issue. Now, um, there's a guy, Chris Ardress, up at Harvard, and he's come up with this term, left-hand column. And I know it's been spoofed like on, or something like what he's done on The Office, but it's, it's probably some of the best I've seen on helping people share their left-hand column. And the left-hand column is basically your actual thoughts and feelings, raw emotions. Usually, extroverts share that in a destructive way. It just comes out. You know, they have no filter. Introverts keep that in and festers and festers until it, you know, destroys them. ulcers, heart attack, anger, rage, and it all turns against them. So the most healthy managers I've seen create an environment where people can put the issue on the table immediately in a non-threatening way. So, and they, they lead with the facts. You know, I noticed that you just turned the crank this way. And, you know, it seems like then you ask, you share your opinion in the form of question. It seems like, you know, we, we just reviewed this last week and it seems like, you know, I thought we were all agreed that we're supposed to turn the crank the other way. But, you know, what's the reason? Oh yeah, I forgot. You know, I've been doing this for 40 years and, you know, just as second nature. Or they're like, wow, wow. Thanks for thanks for catching me. Or you know, hey, why are you bothering me? And then hey, you know, I'm hearing that you're pretty upset. What's what's the problem? Uh, don't talk to me. And then that would give that person an opportunity to manage. Gets a little more dicey when a manager sees another manager doing it. It's their responsibility because any if you if you observe it again, you're liable. So if you see another manager and you're part of the management team committing bullying or egregious acts against or uh, you know, harassing or discriminating against someone, and it's known. Now, the problem is a lot of the most abusive managers I've seen are deviants, and they hide stuff. They're secretive. They lie. They're deceptive. They're uh, narcissists, and they're very selfish. So they know how to uh, maintain the appearance and the ruse. So they take people aside privately. And again, that if they're doing that to you, you're most likely to have a target on your back. You're on your way out. So you get that recorded. It may be against company policy, but the laws are going to supersede the company policy if you're on your way out. So it's good to get that recorded. The thing that's missing in these organizations is clear guidelines outlined specifically. There are laws in Norway. You know, companies know explicitly what constitutes inappropriate bullying abusive, discriminatory, and harassing behavior, and what doesn't. And it immediately is addressed and elevated. That's not happening in the United States, and that's for a reason. It's to keep people controlled and to keep them fearful because the people can't lead in the right way. So, I mean, this is so fascinating to hear about how a manager can interrupt those cycles. And I'm wondering if there is something that we should be doing not just to address the negative bullying behavior that we observe, but also to support the victims. It's it's a two-sided thing, right? Because the bully is bullying somebody. So how do we right. as managers support the person who's being attacked? Well, that's huge. There should be an immediate re report process in place. The thing that a peer can do that I've seen work is I just obviously lend an ear and support them and say, you know, let's take, try to take this to someone that can listen. 
and helpless. And in in many organizations, you know, that became my role where I was a consultant and people would just realize that they could trust me. And some of the good organizations that I worked with put me there intentionally because they were trying to write the ship. In other organizations where I was in that role, it was just an appearance. One gentleman came to me and he was worried about workplace shooting and he's being bullied. And a lot of the people that he worked with collected guns. And he came to me and said, you know, I'm pretty sure that someone in here is going to come in with a gun and take us all out because they can't tolerate the abuse of this, this manager that they have. And that can't be sad on. So it was elevated. It was elevated to some people that were complicit. And they said, well, who said that? They said, well, it was this guy, George. And they said, well, you can't believe everything George tells you. George had been a witness of two other workplace shootings in two other places, one including a fatality in two previous employers. And he was a very sincere, very dedicated employee. And as it turned out, one one of these gentlemen that he was worried about ended up committing suicide with one of the guns he was referencing, tragically. Uh, fortunately, he didn't bring it in, in-house. But dynamic, there, there was no real recourse other than reporting it. And a lot of times when they reported, it went up through and it got got squashed. Well, we are running out of time. So can you tell people, Matt, where they can learn more about you and find your book and all the good work you're up to? Sure. My book is entitled Successful Leaders Aren't Bullies, How to Stop Abuse at Work and Build Exceptional Organizations. It's available online. My last name's P-A-K, P as in Paul, A as in awesome, K as in kind. N is in Nancy, I is in Island, S is in Sam. And I have a website that's just my name, M-A-T-T-P-A-K-N-I-S.com. There'll be links there to different books. I'm also, I have a blog, Matt Packness Blogspot. And again, there are links there to all the other information that you need from me to contact me. My book was just released uh, over the weekend in audio format as well. It was released in September by Simon & Schuster. And uh, I think they think it's an important topic. I had a, I understand from my senior editor who's been uh, in the industry for a long time, I had a deal with, I believe, a week. And she said, don't tell anybody that because that's never happened to me <laughs> before in my career. So I think it's an important topic. And I think it, my book is designed, it's based on personal and professional experiences, but it's also supportive of a lot of sound theory and practical and useful and somewhat easy applications and tools help people detect, address, prevent, and transcend bullying in their personal and professional lives. So thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us. Thanks. So that was a lot. Now, if this topic really resonates with you and you want to bring Matt's expertise in, he has generously offered 10% off of a one-time regular speaking or consulting engagement to all members of the Modern Manager community. So if this topic really hit a nerve for you and you want to bring Matt to your organization, you will definitely want to join on Patreon where you can get this discount and lots of other guest bonuses. To join, go to patreon.com slash modernmanager. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash modernmanager. Now, if this topic was really interesting, but maybe felt a little aggressive or too intense for your particular workplace, you will want to check out episode six, The Importance of Healthy Workplace Culture with Fran Suppler. Fran shares great stories and examples and things to do when you see more micro forms of harassment or other kinds of behaviors that 
might not totally appear like bullying right out of the box. All of those links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox if you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can do so at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.